trucking, got my chips cashed in. Keep trucking, like the doodah man together, more or less in line. Just keep trucking on. It's Thursday again, not just any old Thursday, but it's Thanksgiving Thursday, and it's the last Thursday of the month. So I'm here, giving you a little update of what's been going on at the Goodview Quarter. First of all, like I said, it, it is Thanksgiving, so um, I am thankful for all of you listeners and uh, all of my Patreon supporters and, and the like, you know, it's uh, it's appreciated, you guys out there, um, giving me some feedback and Keep me honest, making sure that I am here every Tuesday, putting something out for your little little ear holes. Anyway, uh, today's show notes will be at homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash gvq03. Um, and there'll just there'll be some pictures in there and, and a couple links. Um, uh, if you missed Tuesday's show, I started a Discord server, um, and the link to that will be in there. And of course, you know, the link for uh, the Patreon and... Facebook group, the uh, the Homesteaded Homeschool Forum. Uh, I'll have links to that there. So go check the show notes out. Check some pictures out. See what's going on. The uh, the month started kind of cold. Halloween was like 80 degrees, and then by, you know, next morning it was in the 30s, uh, low 30s, which, you know, um, it gave us a little problem with the gardens, I think. Uh, you know, a couple weeks after that, a week after that, it was down to 20, 27 I want to say 28, 27. And it was a frost and it was a pretty good frost. And uh, a lot of the, the smaller seedlings that um, really haven't had a problem when they get bigger uh, froze off. So we lost a, a little bit of our spinach and and some of our lettuce, which was kind of unfortunate, but um, I guess to, to be expected. Another problem we're running into with our garden, and this is quite frustrating on multiple levels. Uh, I get my seeds from a local nursery. They've been around for uh, probably almost a hundred years now. It was run by a, a grandparent and, uh, you know, started by a grandparent and now it's uh, the grandson I think is running it, but, um, they sell seeds. They sell seed, they, they buy bulk seeds and they, they sell them. And so, you know, they have a, probably a two pound bag of lettuce seeds. And, uh, back in the day that was probably all right. But now with the advent of the internet and everything else, that two pound bag of lettuce seeds will last for quite some time. And, uh, as we all know, as seeds sit out in, in less than ideal conditions, essentially in a warehouse, it's a uh, hundred degrees outside viability germination rate just plummets. And so I, I reseeded our lettuce and, and some other stuff just super heavily. And, uh, it still just is not coming back to sufficient levels that it, it should be. Um, and this is the same place we bought the same seed from last year and, uh, had no problem. So I really, I think it has to do a lot with the older seeds and probably a little bit to do with the colder weather. Fun little thing happened at the beginning of the month. I was out in the garden, I was doing some weeding and, uh, we have a two little feist dogs and they brought me a squirrel. They're constantly catching rodents and varmints. And this time it was a, a squirrel. So, all right, cool. We'll throw it in the, the crock pot of death and, uh, make some dog food with it and, and they'll be happy. And I go over to pick it up. And it's got holes in it. And now they're not dog tooth holes. They're actual like holes that have been there for a while, you know, kind of rounded sores on the outside edges and just gross. And I'm looking at it and they got lumps underneath these, these holes, man, they were like giant pimples. I squeezed them, popped them and out comes this 
gigantic fly larva, man. It was like a, probably an inch long and just fat, half an inch wide, iridescent. A couple of them were, were iridescent. One was white and it was just just, just disgusting. Um, and I imagine this is what, what bot flies actually look like, um, in the wild. I'd seen some sheep in Vermont that, uh, are having some bot fly problems, but, um, I've not actually seen it other than that. And yeah, so found it on some, uh, on a wild squirrel. We gave that to the chickens and they enjoyed it. Uh, and that was that because I don't want to uh, mess around with that too much. And, uh, you know, our, our little meat chickens are, are getting bigger. They're about uh, a month old as I'm recording this. Uh, you know, I, I am secret recording this early. I have family coming down and uh, I'm just not down to podcast when they are around. So I will have a, a week off of, of no recording. So. That should be a little bit of a break, I guess. But um, yeah, so they're about a month old right now and they are massive. I know they grow. I know they grow fast. I had no idea that they grew this fast, um, but uh, they do. And so we've been getting them out in the, the chicken tractor during the day. It's been up into the, the 60s and they've enjoyed that. We started out with them in like a tote type brooder um, and then put them out into the garage into a, a swimming pool kind of brooder. Um, and the plan was to get them outside, but, uh, the weather kind of bit us a little bit. Um, we had, I don't know, probably a, a week where it was just got up into the fifties, just barely. And it was down into the thirties and below freezing at night. And, um, chickens just weren't ready to be outside in that weather. So that gave us a little bit of a problem. And I, I knew getting them at this time of year, um, we were going to be possibly faced with that, but uh, I was hoping that, the weather would not get cooler until they had a, a few more of their feathers on them. So, uh, you know, rolled the dice and, and lost, but all is well. They're, they're doing good and getting fat and plump. It's kind of cool because the kids, they, they know that they're meat birds. They know that they're going in the freezer in, in a matter of weeks. And it, uh, it hasn't stopped them from showing them kindness and love and, and wanting to hang out with the chickens and pet them and, and watch them. So kind of neat. The, uh, our great Pyrenees, we have two of those ones, ones out in the goats. They both usually are out with the goats, but, uh, we just got the female spade and, uh, she's inside because she has stitches and she can't go outside. And she's a Royal nuisance because she's still a puppy and she just wants to go outside and play. So I let her in and out of the backyard and, uh, she likes to hang out with the the baby chicks when they're out in the backyard. It's uh, kind of interesting. She um, she did. She charged at uh, one of our other dogs that was in the backyard when she got too close to the baby chicks. And uh, she kind of stood over them and watched them. So we haven't done too much training with her um, in terms of chickens and birds and poultry. So I don't totally trust her yet, but uh, it does it does look promising, which is very hopeful for that. Um, I think this spring we'd like to get some some turkeys and uh, put them in with the goats in the goat pasture because it just will make things easier. And uh, if the, the dogs are there to help protect them, it will keep the fox at bay. So and we ran into that the first time we had turkeys towards the end of the the season. We had a fox come in and, and take the last few that we were trying to keep so we could generate some sort of reproductive population, but uh, not to be had. And uh, but really, I think that's all that's really going on here. Like I said, it got cold, so we uh, had to fire up the wood stove. First time for that. And, uh, you know, up up north in New England, I always dreaded getting the wood stove going again and, and the coming of winter because it just lasted and it was cold. But, um, you know, it's kind of cozy down here. It's nice to throw the wood stove on once in a while and 
get warm and, and feel cold. So used to the heat, so used to just being hot, sweating all the time, that uh, it's nice to be cold once in a while. Nice to be cozy. That's our, our deal with that. Got to get out there and cut some firewood. Got myself a, a little uh, trailer, so I'm not skidding logs anymore. Skidding logs in dirt is uh, not always ideal. It's easy enough to do on snow when it's just sliding right along, but um, doing it on the dirt, I have, uh, I've you know, had the tractor up on a couple wheels kind of want to not do that anymore. Uh, you know, you're always watching going up the hill and ready to pop the clutch and, and let it out so it uh, doesn't roll back on you. But got the trailer, so that I think I'll start bucking the, the wood in the woods and then just stack it straight from the trailer. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully it'll, it'll make things a little safer, I suppose. Um, homeschooling has been going well. Um, we've, you know, moved on in, in topics. My son is working in, you know, colonial times, sort of, uh, looking at, uh, Jamestown, Plymouth, talking about Salem witch trials. And it's led to some, some interesting conversations about, you know, you know, I kind of look at how, how people get so frothed up sometimes and just neglect, you know, human decency, um, human rights and, uh, just, you know, what we're all born with, um. So it's, it's led to some, some interesting conversations there. You heard that barking. Of course, that's the great Pyrenees that's inside that needs to go outside, but can't because she has those stitches. Oh, she likes to, she likes to bark at like three in the morning and then make the other dogs howl and they howl like coyotes. And it is just, just a nuisance, a nuisance. But, um, my daughters are doing well, doing the, the homeschooling thing. We're really trying to work with, um, our, our younger daughter and try to, try to get things going. Um, you know, it's, it does have its difficulties. She, she has a little bit of baggage sometimes and, and it, uh, we're trying to work with that and figure out ways that we can work best with her, you know, and, and show her that, uh, you know, life, life is, is different now and that, uh, she is loved and that, that, you know, that trust is there. Um, and I think we're, Finally, trying to learn that, trying to figure it out. So, um, that's been been very positive. Um, went to the library. You know, we do we do our homeschool at the library twice a week. So every year around Thanksgiving and again at St. Patrick's Day, the uh, the library has a book sale. Um, all old books, used books, uh, out of uh, you know former library books, um, and sometimes there's some just old books that people have donated there. And my kids absolutely love this. Hardcover books for a dollar, paperback for, for 50 cents. Uh, not that we need any more books, but the kids love to look through them. And they, you know, they always find some, some gems that they hang on to that they really enjoy reading. My son was going through and he found some, some older books that were there. One of them is a 1923 copyright. And I think another one's like 1927. And, you know, he, he was really enthralled by this, just the fact that of the age of the book. Uh, and so we, we picked them up and one of them ended up being, uh, Albert Hubbard's scrapbook. Now I wasn't sure what it was. Um, you know, it's old, it's 1923 and the, uh, inside cover has a little writing in it, a little note in it from, from a husband to a wife for a, a Christmas present. And, uh, inside the scrapbook is just quotes that have been formally published. Um, and put together. So it's, it's not a scrapbook in the typical sense when you, when you imagine a scrapbook, but, um, 
it's just random quotes. Some of the quotes are, you know, from, from Longfellow, Shakespeare, um, like the Shaw was in there. Um, some others, there's big thinkers, lots of big words. And really it's been interesting. Cause my son is, uh, he's taken to reading it and it's a little, little too much little house on the prairie for my liking sometimes. Um, but, uh, you know, it works. He, uh, he likes to read to us. So he'll, he'll read a couple quotes out of there at night to us. And, you know, we'll talk about them. We'll talk about who said them and we'll talk about, you know, the, the whys they were saying them or what, what they were talking about. And it's really kind of led to this interesting little, um, project that he does. You know, he, he looks up the words that he doesn't know. Um, you know, we're talking about the people that, uh, are talking about the quotes and, uh, it's really, it's been quite interesting. Um, really has been, has been fun. And, uh, I got to digging on Albert Hubbard a little bit and it turns out he was a, he identified himself as an anarchist socialist. So take it for what it is. Um, but he was arrested before World War One for publishing obscene literature. And I did, I tried to find and I couldn't figure out what this obscene literature was. Um, I have a suspicion that it had to do more with, uh, political ideologies than actually anything obscene that, uh, you know, we would ma- imagine as obscene today, but, uh, I, I don't know. Anyway, he, he was trying to go over to, uh, Europe to report on World War One, but his his passport got revoked because he was convicted of publishing obscene material. And so then he went, got on a boat, a rather famous boat by the name of the Lusitania, Lusitania. And uh, yeah, so he was on there when when that got torpedoed down. So uh, quite quite an interesting character. Um, and, uh, my son has been kind of looking, we're looking at, into him a little bit more, um, just because, you know, it's kind of a fun history lesson. Uh, he also wrote, uh, Jesus was an anarchist. Um, you know, I was kind of curious how these things work. You know, you find some random books and, uh, what, what rabbit holes they take you down. We may even try to, uh, find the people that, um, are talked about in the book. So like the, you know, has first names and last names. There's some different certificates in there that, uh, the people that owned the book originally, um, had received from, from different churches and stuff. And I may try to get some of those letters and pictures and things back to somebody in the family. Could be a kind of neat little project for, uh, for the kids to do, uh, you know, kind of do some research and figure it all out. But, that's really all we got going on. Uh, my folks are coming down for Thanksgiving, which is why I'm recording this earlier, as I said. So I'll give the, the kids, um, are going to take the week off from school, but they'll be doing little presentations, um, for the, for the grandparents and for everybody else. So that'll be, that'll be fun for them. They kind of enjoy that. Um, that's, that's about all. Again, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for, for, checking out this podcast for, uh, supporting it on Patreon for writing your views on iTunes. Um, it's all, all very much appreciated. And, uh, for that, I am, I am thankful on this Thanksgiving day. Seriously, guys, I I do. I really appreciate everything y'all out there do. Um, get out there and, uh, enjoy your family, enjoy your company, say thanks, be thankful and, uh, be cognizant of what you have. You know, some days it, it may feel like you don't have anything, or you are unhappy with what you have and where you are, and just gotta remember, you know, could could be worse. Everything always could be worse, right? Unless you're dead, and then you don't know. So go figure. 
Anyway, folks, get out there, eat some turkey, and uh, sow those seeds of liberty. We can all reap sheaves of freedom together. Oh,